All right, folks, thank you so much. So today is June 6th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Uh, Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Blackfoot, the Nitsitsapi. Um, that's the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south and the opposed US Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Gunai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22nd, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Wesley Chiniki Bears Paw Nations, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Metis, Inuit status, and non status cross Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. Oki, Naganagol, Mekoche, Chase my name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her uh, pronouns. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been kind to all of us on our Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my name. Um, so today is actually a really important day. We're going to uh, move forward and acknowledge what today is. It's um, the week after the 215 um, graves that were discovered in Kamloops. And uh, as a result, the name change has happened finally here in Calgary of the Langevin School. And I wanted to bring our team together and kind of debrief and talk about how, where they were, um, how they felt, and especially for the youth that led this uh, specific initiative, how they feel about the entire thing. And uh, our friend Joy is actually going to be leaving us here shortly uh, to be with another commitment. So I'm going to pass the reins over to Joy and uh, maybe you and I can just have a bit of a discussion here about you know, where you were and how you found out. And we all met down at the school at 11 that day and, and just talk about this experience from your point of view. Um, well, it was very, very unexpected. Um, and since I am doing on online right now, I was at home um, when it happened because my mom like came rushing down the stairs and she's like, oh my gosh, like I sent you an email. Um, and she was like, she forwarded me like what the school had sent her and I was reading it and I was like, I was so shocked because I just like didn't expect it at all. And it was just like, I was so overwhelmed, but overwhelmed in a good way. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was good. <laughs> right on. So I see you running over to us when we said we would be at the school at 11 to take some interviews. What was that like for you? Um, that was cool. Um, I didn't expect there to be like that many people. And I also didn't expect us to be on like national news, which was because when my mom told me, I was like, what? Like, like national, like all over Canada. And like people have come up to me, like my parents, friends, and they go, like, oh my gosh, Joy, like I, I saw you um, on the national and I heard you on the radio. And I'm like, wow, that's, this is like, it's so much bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. And we're getting a lot more attention than I thought we would. Why do you think that might be, Joy? Um, I think especially since like, um, we're like youth leading it um that's like people are, are like oh my gosh like there's two like three little kids doing it like this is must be an important thing and I think you don't you don't see that every day so people paid a lot more attention mm -hmm. I think um it, it was really important as a you know as a granddaughter as a niece of some folks that attended Indian residential school we don't see enough settlers 
do action. And I think from my point of view, it was really incredible for, um, you know, used to be the strong about it. And I thought it was important, especially as adults, as the Indigenous community, that you get supported. So I hope you know, um, in the bigger picture of systemic racism, obviously, you know, this is small beans, but that bigger picture is, you know, how hard it was to get this one thing done. If you had something to say to other settlers, what would it be? Um, well, I think, um, like you should learn from the people around you and especially people of color because there's like, especially as like, since I'm a lot younger than people, um, I haven't gone like, I, like I didn't recognize how much like privilege I had in my life. Um, and I think this has helped me realize that. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, Joy. And thank you for joining us. I know many people have asked for your time this week and uh, we, I really appreciate it. I, I wanted to ask you real quick um, because for just a quick timeline for folks who are listening in who might not be aware, um, the discovery of the 215 bodies had happened and we had already through our art community uh, had a previously decided art um, campaign that we were gonna do. And we put it up on Sunday night and Sunday night, we'd done that work. And then Monday, uh, we did some interviews. And Monday, when we had done the interviews, there were, um, everybody was wearing their Langevin um, uniforms, except our kids, and our kids were wearing orange. And then the next day, when they finally made that decision, um, lots of kids were actually wearing orange as well. So I just wanted to ask what your, what your reaction was to the guerrilla art that uh, this committee had gotten done. Um, I, because I didn't actually like participate in the yarn bombing and stuff, um, but when I got there, it was, um, it was a lot more moving than I thought it would be. Um, and like my friends have come up with me, like, was that like, was that you guys? And I was like, yeah, it was like some people in my group and they're like, whoa, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that. And, uh, you know, thank you for sharing everything you did. And if you have to run off, we totally understand. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for <laughs> being a part of this and speaking so well through every single interview you did. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna move it over here a little bit to uh, Seth and Zach, because uh, you both were instrumental in all of this. And maybe we'll back it up a little to the uh, art committee, uh, guerrilla art that we had done. <laughs> what was the reaction to our artwork at school the next day? Pretty much no, um, pretty much just no, like bad comments like there's no like great job and like that kind of thing but like a bunch of people didn't say that but it was kind of mixed feelings there was a lot of uh whispering kind of going mm -hmm. on you could kind of see fingers pointing and lips moving and uh you know it just kind of brought i think attention to what was all going on. And then uh, the next day when they did change the name, suddenly, you know, everybody was, it was, it was everything everybody was talking about. It was yeah. big news and people were kind of happy that it happened. Um, we had gotten messages through our social media from parents, uh, especially Monday night, saying that their kids were coming home and they were embarrassed and ashamed of their Langevin school uniform. 
And, uh, you know, we had tried as committee to work behind the scenes to avoid this moment. And yet the school trustees just were not listening to what we had to say. And it took an international public shaming in order for them to really understand the gravity of this issue. And, um, but you all got it right away. Like you just understood it. And I, I'm so grateful that you did. Um, so I just wanna say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Do you wanna tell our, the people who are listening and might be watching uh, what this was like the, on the Tuesday? What, how did that go down from your perspective? Well, the whole like school, um, we had an online assembly um, with uh, on a Google Teams, and they it was like, and then and they said it to the whole school, and they shouted out all of our names and all that, and it was, it was, I was in awe. Like, did they just change it? Like, what's happening? Like, I just I couldn't all take it in. It also felt really like kind of like Seth said, kind of uh, surreal because we've been fighting for this for so long, for months on end, and we've been told there's going to be a long process. It's going to take a while. And when this news about the uh, new deaths they found in Kamloops, when that had come out, uh, it, it they had one meeting and boom, they changed the name. And it's kind of shocking and almost a little bit angry that, you know, it all it took was one meeting. They could have done this years before, but uh, um, anyways, it, it was changed and it felt really good that it had happened. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I wanted to ask you both, what was it like to have so much media on you? Um, we'd had a few prior interviews before um, that all happened with CBC and stuff, um, but they were smaller and when it actually happened and when we walked out uh, during lunchtime to see all the different camera crews, it was kind of like, whoa, there's a, there's a lot of people that want to know what happened. Yeah. And uh, it felt kind of good um, being the ones to talk to, being knowing all about this and um, still feeling happy that it happened. Uh, but yeah, it felt uh, like Joy said too, how when we learned it went national, it just kind of, well, wait, everybody knows about this now. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, I, one of my favorite things about talking to you both about it has always been that you understand the gravity of it. And I think that for me, it's, um, you know, this is a really trauma uh, informed issue. And I think that you have handled yourself with such grace, considering the magnitude of this topic. Um, a lot of folks who have survived or have been impacted are very triggered right now uh, because of all of the, you know, non-Indigenous spotlight on something like this and the, their narrative, the comments sections, it's been absolutely awful to be Indigenous and going through this. And even the day that we did the um, guerrilla art, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be there at that moment. I questioned whether I should be because um, the nation that they had found this from asked for a four day, day four days of mourning and none of the national media was respecting any of that whatsoever. And in fact, they were rude, abrasive in a lot of ways, and especially considering the magnitude of this conversation. Um, but I thought you 
all and and joy as well had had handled yourself with such grace through this so and i uh, gave it the respect it deserves as opposed to some of the reporters and commenters and uh folks who put in a uh uninformed opinion let's put it that way so i'm really grateful for you and uh mom you were there the entire time watching this um how did you find out and uh, what was your reaction? And how did you feel about pulling the kids out? Like you, you had supported them wearing orange shirts the day before they had uh, done the rename, the day of the gorilla art, and then uh, also uh, lots of folks wearing <laughs> orange on the Tuesday, and especially compared to Monday. So, what, what were your reactions to this, Mom? Um, it was shock, and I was overjoyed to see the news actually I was brushing my teeth <laughs> getting ready for the day when I saw it and my first instinct was gotta let the group know and uh, <laughs> the kids know because I didn't know if they were talking about it in the in the school so yeah just overjoyed <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome is there anything that you would all like to add about that entire experience that uh you know, you just never got a chance to really say to the media. I, I know for me, Michelle, like one of the things that's been important as a parent to be talking to the kids about has been that um, as wonderful as this is, the fact that um, it took a handful of white kids um, in our neighborhood to come forward again and again um, to help bring attention to this is not right that indigenous have been speaking out about this forever and they haven't been um, afforded the same respect they haven't been heard in the same way so yeah i guess that's just um, a piece of it that wasn't always represented in the news and yeah absolutely well thank you and I can't thank you all for, you know, um, it, I know Brian's not with us right now, but you all have been so kind and supportive through this entire process and it's been months and, you know, yeah, the CBE had the power to do this so much sooner, chose not to do it until now. So I'm just grateful that you all hung in there and did this work and did the guerrilla art. And I know we are going to talk about next steps later, but right now I thought it was really important that everybody kind of debrief about you know what had happened and go from there so i want to say thank you to your entire family for all your support through this entire process and as we move to next steps i i just hope you know this was a really important um chapter that we had closed so thank you thank you michelle mm -hmm. that's such an honor oh that's awesome thank you well, I am going to go in alphabetical order according to the participants on the Zoom list and say, uh, Kat, would you mind unmuting yourself and telling us when you found out, how you found out, and go from there? Um, I believe I found out from uh, Sandra, who sent out an email that said Riverside with exclamation points on it. Um, so I really appreciated getting that. I first felt shock at the speed that it had happened. And then I was uh, relieved that um, they had finally, the CBE had finally um, made the change. Um, but overjoyed and, and excited, I, I didn't really find that kind of emotion because I was more disappointed um, in the CBE that it took 
national public shaming for them to, to come to this decision. They didn't do it in, in the right way. They didn't do it correctly. They didn't change their mindset. They were just forced into it. And there um, needs to be a lot more work going on um, by them in the future. Um, and yeah, we can talk about ne next steps later. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who participated in the guerrilla art action. It was exciting. That was exciting for me. That's kind of what gets me going. You all were so great at it. And uh, I really appreciate um, the support and the idea. And we're going to continue on with that kind of thing. So I look forward to um, guiding you or leading you or participating with you in that way too. Uh, for folks that are watching, uh, Kat also runs a settler book club. I run uh, an Indigenous one, but she runs a settler one. So that, that way you can say your ignorant racist stuff in a circle that I'm not going to punch your face in. Whereas with, in mine, I will tell you outright if you're being racist and shut you down immediately. So, you know, that, um, and I think it's really important that eventually everybody get there. But I think, um, you know, white-centered conversations, indigenous-centered conversations are just very different conversations. And I, for folks who are, are listening and want to be a part of a book club, you know, I run one, Kat runs one, almost everyone here goes to both. There's nothing wrong with going to more than one book club, that's for certain. So, and I'm grateful for that work because there's also been a lot of discussion on anti-racism, which is Truth and Reconciliation Commission call to action. Uh, 57 is it's not just indigenous education, but anti-racism work for public ed educators or well, public servants. So folks like the school trustees should be working really hard on anti-racism training and very clearly are not. So I uh, just want to give that plug and move over to Crystal and Crystal ask you, you know, geez, what were things not covered in the media that you wanted to talk about? What were things that you, uh, how did you find out and some of your reactions and, and go from there? Uh, yeah, so I think I was at work and so I'd come in on the Monday uh, wearing the orange shirt and it was nice to see that a number of staff were also doing that like right off the bat on Monday so I felt like okay there's a little more awareness of what's happening and then on Tuesday my um, AP called me over and said you have to see this email from our school board and so yeah it's kind of that first reaction like oh my gosh this thing that we've been working on um, like was mentioned, that was going to take forever because of all the stalling tactics and all of the, the problems is just suddenly that just happened. Mayor Nancy said he thought they should change this right away at their next meeting. And then they did what he said the next day. Um, and then it was all like, why does it have to happen like this? And how things are being presented in the media and just that whole like I think I wrote online, white supremacy ruins everything. So even like an accomplishment becomes something that um, re-traumatizes the people who were harmed in the first place every time to get that emotional reaction. It's like constant, constant um, that way to get any little bits of change. So yeah, so then that part of it, like trying to mitigate that damage that's happening. Uh, the best that I could with like online and different things. Uh, in the media, just the obvious things that I there I can see they're slowly changing, but you know, the, they calling them calling it a discovery, 
like right away you're like that's not a discovery like no so you, you can just see the just the damage that gets done because of the ignorance and like not actually taking the time to learn so um and then i thought it really shows like the the value of the activism and in this group and i didn't really contribute that much to like in concrete terms but um because of all those steps because of that guerrilla art um i do feel that strongly helped the trustees like even if it had come to that level the level they could have dismissed it if no one had been doing this work if there was no petition if there was no receipts like we had been putting out the receipts in the media right like we've had these conversations and i do feel that that all stacked up plus this national attention and shaming on the national stage work together so um yeah That's um I do want to say that I think you are still a huge contributor. I think, uh, you know, it's important to bring that up that uh, you supported everybody just as much. So, um, you know, as through this entire process and brought your ideas and opinions to this committee. So please don't think that you weren't a huge part of it because you were to us. Yes. That's, for certain. That's for certain. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. That means a lot to me coming from you, especially. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Right on. Okay, so Heather Walker, if you want to unmute yourself and uh, let us know when you found out and um, maybe something that was missed in the media that you wish would have been discussed. Um, I uh, opened my phone on Tuesday morning to announcements, but of course I'd already heard about Kamloops. So the first thing I did was reply to someone else on my uh, social justice team and saying, how it was condescending. And uh, it's just like, no, you, you uh, this isn't the way it's supposed to go. Um, it, it was just condescending. I just felt insulted. I'm like, are you kidding? I have never won before, won. So maybe I don't know how. And I'm like, no, it's still condescending. Um, and so for, for me, as far as I'm concerned, um, the, uh, the conversation isn't over until the school board changes its policy, until we see that. So that was the second thing I did. Um, the congratulations around and whatnot. And, and uh, the second thing I did was talk to Julie at the school board and find out when the meeting was gonna be. So she's supposed to tell me, I haven't heard yet, but she's supposed to tell me. So Crystal, it's not over yet, right? Like, because you have to live it your students have to live it, the city has to live it, it ain't over, you know, so yeah, we have work to do, and um, for me, it's not over, and so lots of, lots of stuff left to do. Agreed. Thank you. Thanks so much, Heather, for that. I appreciate that. Um, Jacqueline, do you want to, uh, I know that we can't see you on the YouTube, but that's okay. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind unmuting yourself and letting us know um, where you were when you found out and how it felt and go from there. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Yeah, I, um, I also found out by getting an email uh, that morning, I think uh, one of the groups sent it out but I was in a Zoom meeting 
And so I was like checking my email out of the corner of my eye and having all these feelings um, as I was also trying to be in another meeting. <laughs> um, but after, after I was done and I had some time to really fully read all the messages and process, I, I felt similar to how everyone else felt of like um, a, a real bittersweetness that the CBE board of trustees hadn't been more transparent in their process. They hadn't um, taken the time to be collaborative, to consult um, with indigenous and like really make this process um, meaningful piece of reconciliation. Um, and I just felt really sad that we still as settlers don't um, don't have the capacity to to do this work, to listen to indigenous voices without that element of shame. Um, and I really, yeah, I really hope moving forward that um, these institutions can can take a different approach, and that our group can be can be instrumental in in making that change happen. But um, I, I also echo Cat Cat uh, sentiments that the evening we went and did the yarn bombing and the um, the setting up of the banners and things was a really special evening. It felt very. like a culmination of a lot of our work that evening. And I, I was really grateful to be there. Oh, that's awesome. I um, Yeah, it was a really special night. And, uh, you know, of course, our yard bombing, it just, it was planned long before the discovery of the 215 uh, graves. So it, it was, it was such a, I don't even know how to describe how awful that moment felt. But it was the first time a lot of us met in person. So that was actually really great to finally meet some of us uh, together, not just on these uh, Hollywood Square Zoom uh, style meetings. So, um, yeah, is there anything else that you've seen in the media that you'd like to counter in some way, shape or form? I mean, something that really struck me was um, our horrifically racist premier's response to it. Um, and his his calling of cancel culture um, as a really ill-informed response. Um, and it really made me think of um, Adrian Stimson's artist statement that he'd written about the beautiful stencil that he created about how um, changing the name is about naming your change um, and how it's speaking to the larger changes that we want to see. Um, so I'm really, uh, inspired by that and uh, trying to keep that messaging in my heart when I'm having conversations with friends and families about about this issue that's um, yeah there's been a lot of conversations this week so I'm trying to keep that in my heart yeah no kidding thanks so much Jacqueline I appreciate that and I appreciate finally meeting you in person there and and having that conversation um, Jeremy if you wouldn't mind unmuting yourself and um, letting us know how you found out how it felt and maybe some things in the media that you wish that you could counter. Uh, sure thing. Thank you. Uh, so I guess I, I was at work and I had kind of been disconnected since that Sunday night. Um, so I was aware, of course, of uh, the 215 um, discovered or you know, discovered by uh, scientific standard terms, I guess, um, in Kamloops. 
but uh, it was not until the end of the day on Tuesday that I saw an email from someone uh, highlighting the fact that the school name had been changed the day before. And yeah, it was a shock. I could hardly believe it at first, um, just because of how, you know, for months they had been saying, um, and I think I'm echoing Crystal here that, um, you know, they, for months it wasn't happening. It was not possible for them. Uh, and then in the end, probably in a meeting that was surely an hour or less, they were able to do it. Um, so I think I agree that our work um, set the stage maybe for this to be their response. Uh, otherwise, we would have had another uh, trite response, just like most of the other governments um, and organizations are giving. Um, that doesn't have any action, despite this renaming being a rather, you know, minor action, um, but still significant. Um, not so much in the media, but I was rather disappointed in this email that the school sent out kind of already giving excuses for why the real name change is going to take months. Um, and I think that's frustrating. Um, very frustrating and telling. Uh, in, in the media, I, you know, there's just so much colonial phrasing, um, you know, I apologize for what is probably triggering, but, you know, the use of Canadian Indigenous people or our Indigenous people um, or our Canadian land, which is not at all the case. Um, and uh, especially the comments on articles using those types of phrases. And I guess you want to believe that they don't know what they're doing when they say that, but they should. And um, I guess, yeah, that most of my effort in the last few days has been trying to address those. Um, and I hope that more and more people are doing that and um, that it translates into a change in our understanding, a change in our attitudes and ultimately some action, more action. Yeah, Thank well, I. I found it funny how our group was already moving on before we even like really wrapped this conversation up. And I really agree with how the CBE responded was actually really awful. Um, and I, I think that there needs, <laughs> I actually think there should be apologies actually to their um, level of cavalierness towards Indian residential school survivors. It's just not only don't they get it, not only did they do this low-hanging fruit because they were publicly shamed into it but that bigger picture that because they don't get it they have no problems like just ripping the hearts out of me my daughter they've done so publicly already it's on video and now in this moment of extreme trauma and grief still stomping on indian residential schools and their descendants like no biggie so it, it's just it's so gross and just a picture and, and the media, the way they've handled this entire thing is just so gross and awful. And I just appreciate your understanding of uh, the delicateness of this conversation. And, uh, and, and thank you for your hard work during the um, guerrilla art 
and behind the scenes, Jeremy does so much of our tech work, uh, you know, setting up our emails, setting up our files. So, you know, Jeremy, just I hope you know how much we love you and all of the work you've been doing. Everyone that spoke has contributed in ridiculous ways. That's just been so amazing because I know I, I just don't have the capacity anymore to do it all. So thank you. You're welcome, but it's nothing. <laughs> awesome. I'm so humble, this group. Uh, Kay and Jen, we're so grateful you could join us here and especially during video. Awesome to see your faces. So where were you? How did you find out? And, you know, just share with, oh, and I definitely want to hear about the graphics, how it went out, because that was amazing. Um, yeah, so I'll start. Um, I, uh, I was at work and uh, I was actually on our social media. I was on Twitter and I saw a few tweets come through that said that, that the name had been changed. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I went and uh, I, I went and did a little bit, bit of digging and I started to make a post right away um, and started to make a graphic that I think I said, um, Langevin school name will be changed. And then I got a text from Kay saying, have you checked your email? Um, and we had an email from the school about five minutes before that. So I, I went through um, and I actually read it and saw that the name had actually been changed. So I had already posted this graphic, said it will be changed, pulled it all down, made another graphic that said it had been changed. Um, and uh, I mean, in that moment, I was, I got to say, I was elated. Like I was so proud of us all. I was so proud of, of Zach and Seth and Joy for their perseverance. Um, you know, and, you know, it took me a few, a few moments really just to think about um, how much it had all been to carry um, and, and, and to think about, you know, even just for me as a settler, the things that, that we're all carrying in this, but then to realize how much um, our, our ind indigenous friends are, you know, it's a thousandfold what what you are carrying. So um, it it was it was like a it was it's been such an emotional journey um, that it was it was almost anticlimactic that it happened, but it was also just as I said a huge huge joy. Super proud of us all. Um, and then what are we doing next? What's what's the next <laughs> right thing? Um, so yeah, that's how I heard about it. And I was working, I don't tend to check my personal email. And so another parent, because uh, we have a kid in the school also, um, texted me and said something about it. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and that's when I read the email and then texted Jen. Um, and I think Lori had already sent out congratulations to the whole group. And I was like, wow, um, things can change so fast. Um, and I guess for me, I mean, I've just, learn so much from this group. I tend to be sort of a, a social media warrior. Um, I'm really good at retweeting and not very good about actually coming to meetings. Um, so being a part of this has been really interesting for me um, and seeing other parents in the schools because I've taken the opportunity to talk to a lot of our kids, um, friends, parents, and none of them have joined this group, as you guys are aware, but they've all sure reached out now and said how happy they are about the change. Um, and so I find that interesting. And I, I choose to believe that maybe if something else came up, they might be more willing um, moving, you know, next time. But um, there were a lot of people whose first thoughts were, I can't afford new uniforms and, and things that are really pragmatic and on a personal level versus the 
okay, but what does this do on the, the bigger level? So it's been interesting and um, yeah, I'm really excited about it and a little bit intimidated by all the things you guys are planning to do next. <laughs> so. You and me both, holy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and one other thing I want to ask you because you both really do pay attention to Twitter. Um, you know, there's a few of us in the crowd here that are just like ridiculously on Twitter. And I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you're, from what you see now from, you know, mainstream media and then social media, were there things that you thought were missed about this conversation that you wish you had seen or that you wish got out? I, I'm afraid I won't put this nearly as well as everybody before us have, um, but it just feels so wrong for this to be an answer to something as devastating as 215 people. Um, yeah. and, and it just feels like Twitter went straight to, this is fantastic and a great answer. And, and it was like, no, this isn't an answer. This should have been done because it was like, because indigenous voices are saying it should be done. Um, you know, I just really was struck, Michelle, by your comments around, we shouldn't have to do a petition. We, that is not how this should work. Um, and it felt a bit like that to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, I, I was thinking back to when I made our logo, um, you know, and our logo is, is grounded in the, in the colors of the four directions and then, and then the orange for every child matters. But, and I wanted to make sure that it sort of had a rip in it. Like it looked unfinished. Um, and it did feel like Twitter was, was feeling like the story is now finished, you know, or the work is done. Um, and I, I, you know, I, so I, I took myself back to the creation of that logo again and just thought about how it's, it's so not done. It's, um, unfortunately, we will uncover far more bodies, um, and there's there's much more more grief to carry, um, and there's much more work to be done. So I think that's I, I echo what Kay says that the Twitter seemed to just sort of wrap it up in a bow, um, and uh, and that's not the case. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you both so much, and for your work on the graphics and and all of the understanding again coming to this table understanding the trauma and gravity of this issue and not trying to you know belittle it in any capacity because it's it's just so ridiculous i feel like the media and regular public are way over here in this conversation and we're way over here and our residential school survivors and their descendants aren't even having this conversation because they're really traumatized and triggered right now and Canadian society and mainstream media just wants to take a baseball bat to their heart and keep keep pushing it around so I'm really grateful that everyone gets this so thank you um Larry would you mind unmuting and telling us where you were when you found out and what was it like for you and uh, yeah and maybe some things that you've seen in the media that you wish wasn't there well, I was uh, working out of school uh, as I do part time um, and I monitor social media for that school. So <laughs> it was pretty quick um, to see the Facebook post. Um, and, and I honestly, I'd love to give credit to whoever posted it first. I, I'm there. I saw it so many times. It was a nice screenshot of, a, of an email that went to the parents and my first response was a gasp I actually gasped right and then it went to anger and my whole day 
I was, I was very angry. Um, this is eight and a half years for me. Um, my son's 20. And I sent him a message. I'm getting emotional. And he said, it's about time, you know, and that it took not only the bodies. And I, and I, I felt it coming the day before. I felt it coming the day before. I felt there was, there was a bandwagon. Um, many friends of mine who have seen my tweets and ignored them for eight and a half years were jumping on my bandwagon. And it, and it hurt because they weren't on my bandwagon in 2017 and in 2015. I look back at my old tweets, one retweet and, and one heart. And, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a guess. Uh, the person you're seeing on the screen right now was the one person. And so, yeah, I was very angry that day when I should have been celebratory. And the reason I was angry and not celebratory because it was nothing I did. It was nothing that Michelle did. It was nothing that the group did. It took the mayor to push them over the edge. They didn't listen to their students. I, I thought about Zach, Seth, and Joy. You know, their students were telling them. They're, 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 they're people that had to wear that name on their shirt were telling them. And that wasn't enough. And there are people there that, that I call my friends that I'm, I'm very, very disappointed in. And so, um, so I had all of that on that day, all of that anger filling me in. At, at, at times I was wondering why I wasn't more celebratory and could I be more celebratory? And, um, and I'm really pleased to hear most of you talk about that. It, it starts with joy. It starts with excitement. It starts with, we did it. And you guys deserve every little bit of that joy. You did a lot of hard work and you did set the table for the mayor to say what he needed to say. Um, but you all know it, it took 215 bodies and a, and a mayor to, to push this group over the edge. Um, the, the only positive thing I can say about the whole thing is that I, I really think the bandwagon filled up and some people will jump off of it, but I, I'm seeing more people trying to stay on it. Um, I've, I've taken this as an opportunity to, to promote Michelle's book club a lot more and, and reference uh, the 215 and to say, if that affected you as it affected me, and you want to do more work on reconciliation, join this book club. And I, and I really hope that over the next few months, um, we grow those numbers. And, uh, and there's, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of work to be done. And I think Lastly, and I mentioned it by email, but I'll mention it again, we can't lose sight of the fact that this policy, uh, this renaming policy needs some really, really strong critical eyes. Um, we can't trust that this is going to be inclusive, that it's going to be, uh, you know, transparent, and, and that it's going to be a good policy. So um, I would suggest we all be very very mindful and to take a close look at that policy and say what we need to say when we need to say it. Um, and the last thing uh, in terms of media, 
I laughed out loud when I watched City TV say, the CBE quickly decided. I, I just thought that was a really, really funny phrase. After eight and a half years, they quickly decided. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think uh, now is a really good time, though, to talk about um, Larry Leach's son, Rory, because Rory did attend, and it was Larry and Rory that uncovered who Langevin was. And when Larry said, hey, do you know this guy? And I'm like, I, name's familiar, but I can't remember offhand. And he told me, and it was from that point on, we were constantly talking about it and you know celebratory when Langevin block was changed and when they finally changed Langevin bridge that was important but now here we are the, with the school how hurtful and awful it feels you know uh two years ago 400 letters that went to the school board trustees that they disregarded so when you talk about the dismissal of the voices and the audacity for anyone to use the word quickly when talking about this and after a public shaming internationally then by our own mayor only then was it done i think it's really important to note all of that and i'm grateful that you and rory started this at eight and a half years ago and i'm grateful we're here today but i'm just so disappointed disappointed because we have tens of thousands of more graves to uncover across this country <laughs> and we're Every time this happens, the trauma is going to be resurfaced again for anyone who's Indigenous and affected by this policy. Um, and that's not to discount how Canadians feel being complicit in, in genocide in some capacity and covering it up. So, you know, there's there's a lot there. And I just really appreciate you and Rory and want to make that excellent shout out to you both for, for the impetus of all of this. Um, one, one quick note I forgot, Michelle. Sorry yeah, to please. interrupt. No. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, Zach who was quoted on TV saying, I can't imagine what it would be like being an Indigenous student walking into that school. I said that years ago to trustees, to the former principal, and um, just nothing back. And it was really nice to hear those words. So thanks, buddy. Right on. He's finding me unmute. Here we go. That was actually Joy, I think, that said that. I think it was you. I'm giving you credit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Miriam, would you like to unmute yourself and tell us where you were when you found out and uh, go from there? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, well, I think it was uh, one of the heaviest weeks in my, in my uh, latest years um, because I didn't find out right away because my son came over to talk to me and tell me that he would just been diagnosed with cancer. Anyway, <clears throat> he's in the hospital now. He had his surgery and he's, he's even uh, on his Twitter today and uh, sent me an email and you know being concerned about this whole this whole matter and uh, of course the other thing is <clears throat> the learning about the uh, two, 215 children um, I had I don't think the other people in, in the uh, group know that I have an indigenous daughter <clears throat> and um, 
she's gone through a lot and uh, I haven't had a really a chance to, you know, talk about all that with her. I just know that uh, she, she is in a lot of turmoil and uh, because she didn't even know that she was indigenous. The Ontario government didn't even bother telling us for 44 years. So of course she was more assimilated into the white person's world. So this, this was my, you know, one of my big awakenings about the whole thing. Um, but I did see the email that, that somebody, uh, one of the people sent out and I thought, well, I sent right away my response and saying it's terrible, it had to be this, this tragedy, this horrific tragedy before some action was taken. I didn't know it was eight years. I thought it was only four and that's long enough. Um, but anyway, um, and I, uh, I'm not very, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd say, technically savvy. So since COVID, I haven't been really been able to do a lot uh, except have my voice out there and talk to my friends. And I even, uh, a, you know, one woman that had, it was pretty, really clueless and she was, you know, the typical settler person. I've actually been able to educate her and she even, you know, um, is, is much more aware now um, about racism and the indigenous people. So even one person makes a difference. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm better, as I say, person to person uh, uh, with that. And, and uh, I just, and I, I've been, of course, watching the media and as you say the usual uh, conversations. The only, the only good thing they've brought up is this having, Murray Sinclair on uh, making, and he's, and Cindy Blackstock and a few people like that to drive home the, the message. But of course, it's going to take a lot of grieving to uh, really do things. And I, I, I still, I'm still in utter shock by the racism of that, of the school board, the trustees, but it, you know, it, it but it unfortunately is typical. It's what we have, we're facing. And uh, I can only say we've, I'm glad the, I'm glad the group as a whole is, is willing to go on and do more and uh, I'll do what I can, my little bit of, you know, contribute uh, to it because I just think in all your wonderful people, and I think having Joy, Seth, and Zach on this, it, it gives me a lot of hope for the future for, you know, having young people like you around is, is just, um, just so encouraging. So I'd like to end, end on a positive note. You're such a rock star, Miriam. Um, you know, first, I'm really sorry to hear about your son having cancer. Um, I saw us all kind of just clench our hearts right away with 
love and support for you. Um, but I want to add one more thing. Uh, Miriam and I are very much um, Palestinian advocates. And because of like, there were so many things that happened at once, but we were also united with uh, the Palestinians. And uh, you are a Jewish nurse that actually served some time in Palestine. So, um, you know, your voice matters so much, uh, and especially when it comes to this issue as well. And I just can't thank you enough for always being here and supporting us and being part of the book club and being in my life since I don't know more. And I just, you know, I'm grateful for you. Um, so, and thank you for sharing your thoughts on the media as well. I appreciate that. Uh, Rosemary, if you wouldn't mind unmuting and uh, telling us where you were, how you felt and some uh, other things, we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. I was on the phone with you, Michelle. That's how I found out. I found out from you first thing on Tuesday morning. And yeah, I mean, it felt unbelievable that it had happened. Um, after, like Larry, a lot of anger that they could have done this much sooner, that, it, that, that as everyone has said, that it was done in response to the children who were found at Kamloops. And, and so it's hard to maintain a sense of happiness or celebration because of the weight and the grief, uh, or the weight of the pain and the grief that has gone along with finding the 215 bodies and knowing because of your book club, because you've taken us methodically through the cause of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that there will be more bodies across the country. And we, we studied uh, the calls around missing children and burial information. And I actually, we, you know, a big question is always, well, what is the government doing? And I actually wrote a letter to them saying, have you, you know, you, you say you're moving on these issues, you've put some money in and that you're talking. I said, but have you reached out to Treaty 7? And I finally, after about two months, got a response saying, no, we haven't engaged in conversations yet with Treaty 7. So I question who it is they've been talking to all across the country. Um, I didn't follow a lot of um, media coverage, um, but one thing that annoyed me was Kenny. Um, I mean, he comes out with this announcement, there'll be money to put, you know, for research into, you know, finding more bodies here. And I'm going, okay, but what about the indigenous children who are living and who go to our schools under a curriculum that does not serve them well? And what about this new curriculum you're proposing that's going to make the situation even worse? We have a government that doesn't want us to know about what happened at residential schools. They don't want us to build relationships. They don't want us to have reconciliation because you know what? That's when people would finally get it when it comes to the land and its resources and people would stand up to a government that is so hell bent on propping up a dying industry that, that can, you know, and, and that, I mean, it's, you know, Cindy Blackstock, I think was just brilliant 
on the radio when she said, how can you be talking about reconciliation? How can you apologize for this when you still move ahead with all of this resource extraction? So I just think those are things to keep in mind. What it did do though was it just, I, I felt so energized for the first day or two in terms of we have to keep moving. And uh, <laughs> you all needed to calm me down. We need time for reflection and to debrief and you're right. And yet um, I, I'm still, uh, I, I, I have spent time reaching out to some indigenous friends and, and colleagues and that's reinforced this sense of the weight of the pain that people have been feeling. Um, you know, one or two have been residential school survivors or they've been in foster care and it's just so heavy. It's so heavy. And so we always have to keep that in mind, you know, as we continue with this work. So I totally agree with Larry. We have to be on top of that policy. Um, we have to be prepared to have input and, um, and, and talk about what we feel needs to be in such a policy. And luckily we've already done a lot of research across the country and in the US, especially San Francisco to see what they've put together. And we need to be looking at, at that material and promoting it. And we have a workshop coming up on Thursday, June 24th, uh, which is talking about making visible our shared history, the context for renaming institutions, because it should be a no brainer for people at this point as to why we need to do that. And as you said, Michelle, it's low hanging fruit. The issues are so much deeper. We have so much further to go. And I just, I, I really wanna thank um, Joy Seth, Zach, and their families for putting in the effort that they did to galvanize this particular campaign and all of us. You, you're incredible. Thank you. And everybody, you're all incredible. Thank you. Uh, Rosemary put in one of the first anti-racism policies to the CBE years ago that never got fully realized. And I, uh, Rosemary, I'm so grateful to walk this journey with you through my book club, through all the activism. I'm just so grateful. I can't thank you enough. Um, Sarah Flynn, I uh, invite you to unmute and tell us where you were when you first found out. And I was at home and actually my husband was, he texted me, he was on it before I was and he texted me and like everyone, I people here have really enunciated the range of and progression of emotions just well, you know, shock, joy, delight, anger, rage, frustration, beating my head against the brick wall a little bit. Um, I pretty participated in some of the social media goading in between the time that the discovery was made public and before the mayor or the school board had taken any action. And I, because of that, I think I foresaw this pathway was going to happen exactly the way it did. And so um, I, I'm getting cynical in my dotage, I won't lie, but I felt a lot of, a lot of kind of like, oh yeah, this is pretty predictable. And um, I would like, I definitely, we're going to keep going. It's been an honor working with you guys as always. I just keep learning. I'm amazed how much more there is to learn. 
um, and uh, looking forward to moving on and keeping, I wanna keep on that school board. I wanna just hammer that school board. I, that's kind of like becoming my passion is I just wanna take them down. <laughs> so anyway, thank you all. You're all amazing. Um, it's really been a pleasure. And I shouldn't say it's been because we are still a group. We have changed our name and we are ready to roll. Love it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for all of those words. That's exactly, I think we all have that sentiment. And I, again, you know, front lines on the Wood Situan issue, um, you know, in front of TC, you and I were trying to talk about these things and so the bigger pictures of systemic racism all the time. So I'm so grateful you're on this path with us. So thank you. And uh, Shelly, I invite you to unmute yourself and uh, tell us about uh, your experience through this um i'll just preface this that being autistic um i process emotions differently um so what happened with me um was my first words is you um you got to be f kidding me um because i'm like just what all what we have gone through and um i've got a lot of stuff going on and outside of what's going on um, and so I'm really emotional <laughs> and this has hit me. Um, it hit me in this, like, I'm not comparable to any, any indigenous person on what's ha how it's happened. Um, um, I, th what hit me was, this is not new. We knew Harper, um, said in 2009, he apologized the truth and reconciliation, the 213 calls. And I was telling everybody, this is not new and that we should be doing better, settlers should be doing better. And it just, okay, yes, I jumped on the bandwagon in 2016 when Trump got elected. And I've been posting about all human rights because since 2016, because my, sorry if I preach you, this is like my special interest. Um, you can't choose, pick and choose your human rights. And that's what I'm seeing some people on my Facebook feeds and I am hiding them because I just, or deleting them, I just can't um, because they've jumped on this bandwagon, um, which I'm, I'm very, I have very mixed feelings about. Um, so I've been just blasting all sorts of human rights stuff. Um, with Palestine, I've hid my aunt because I just don't have the energy to talk about because she's very pro-Israeli. Don't have the, don't have the, sorry, that's off topic. I just don't have the energy. Um, but I, I like, I've been just blasting. I, every time I see something that resonates, I just share, I tag people in it and just to keep going because we've got to keep going. This, we can't stop because this is like Michelle said, low hanging fruit. And I, I always bring up the disability perspective because indigenous people have disabilities too. And they're even a little bit more marginalized. So I'll always fight for them. And I just, I always just keep bringing, let's talk about the disability perspective because that's just me. Um, I just wanna keep fighting because, and oh, I was at an amnesty AGM this weekend and it was on an indigenous train and it was two ladies, one from the States, but both indigenous and, and we were in breakout rooms. And I said, people need to start putting their money, settlers need to start putting their money where their mouth is um, and support indigenous causes like Indispire and start promoting positive things of the indigenous community. Mm -hmm. I just, I told 
said to Amnesty Internet and, and went that went back into the um, big group and somebody said, we said you need to put your money where your mouth is. I'm like, yes. Yes, right on. Shelly, thank you. And and I appreciate your um, you know, perspective because as an able-bodied person, I sometimes miss this obvious. And I'm so grateful you're here, you support us, that you're in this group, that you bring your voice to the table and that we try uh, really hard to incorporate it. So thank you, Shelly. Thank you so much, Michelle, that means so much. And one of the books that we read in Kat's book club last week said that the colonizer has, because of the change in the country food and everything has made indigenous people sicker and that makes sense. So let's, yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. Um, so I am uh, gonna tell everybody a huge thank you. I'm gonna put this out on YouTube immediately. It might will probably be a podcast a little later and uh, I'm just grateful everybody gave a quick debrief. So thank you so much.